This podcast contains murder and mayhem, guts and gore, adult language, and sexual content. Exactly what you came here for. All the listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome. I am your mistress of the macabre, Sarah Tierra. Grab your Ouija board, light the candles, and grab your jar of human teeth, because you and I are going to escape for a bit. Pour yourself a cocktail or a glass of dark red wine, pull the window shades closed, and retire to a cool, dark, quiet place. Because right now, we delve without fear or limitations into the macabre. Hello and welcome back to the Mistress of the Macabre podcast, or if it's your first time, welcome in general. I am mixing things up a little bit. Um, this is just like a little bit of the business, but I'm not doing major or minor episodes anymore. They're just going to be episodes for now. I am into what I'm into. I research what I research. Sometimes they're baby ones and sometimes more likely they're full episodes. I was having a hard time. I would pick a topic for a smaller episode and I would all of a sudden have 150 pages of notes. That kept happening. So we're just gonna do full episodes all the time. Today we are talking about thanatology and death doulas. I was recently reading something. I was looking into jobs in the death care industry as one does in their free time that they don't have. And during my digging, thanatology Thanatology came up, which I've literally never heard of before. And then when I was looking into thanatology, death doulas also came up a lot. So what exactly are they and what service do they provide? Thanatology is the practice of studying death or death lore. The etymology of thanatology goes back to the worship of the Greek god Thanatos, coming from a phrase that was common back then, death and his brother sleep. Greek mythology's Thanatos was the god of nonviolent deaths, and Hypnos was the god of sleep. Thanatology is a positive concept, and it is the direct opposite of Western culture's frightening grim reaper. It's a death-positive outlook and understanding of death, and dying. Thanatology treats death as a process and can provide more insight into becoming death positive. Thanatology can either help you face your own death or deal with the emotions of someone else's. Death is often a confusing and complicated concept to understand and has been throughout all of human history, especially since no two people or two civilizations even treat death in exactly the same way. Thanatology relies heavily on two main psychology concepts. The first has to do with denial. Many young people are known to embrace this concept. It's professionally referred to as my death versus your death. People know that everyone else's death is a certainty, and while they might never voice it, they never picture themselves dying. In a tiny corner of their mind, they consider themselves to be immortal. The second concept revolves around an emotional progression through loss. As you age, more and more of your friends die. This is called partial death. This is when death becomes real to you as opposed to a vague concept. Nearing your own death is referred to as total extinction, which is depressing as fuck. Thanatology has roots in psychiatry. They both agree that there are five stages of grief, 
denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. These stages are not exactly the same for every person. They are somewhat hypothetical if you ask me, but they provide a basic backbone to the process of dealing with loss. Discovering how humans react to these emotions is a focus of thanatology. Today, with the advent of emotional health awareness and death doulas, more on them later, thanatology is an increasingly popular discipline. Thanatology today is a very broad field. It's useful in a variety of practical applications. Many thanatologists are useful as psychologists, consultants for hospice care facilities, as death doulas, archaeologists, sociologists, clergy members, coroners and medical examiners, grief counselors, doctors, nurses, funeral directors, embalmers, and philosophers, to name a few. Thanatology focuses on a variety of social and ethical questions. Debates on assisted suicide, for instance, are spurred by thanatology. Other moral questions such as the right to die, euthanasia, and more are all part of debates spearheaded by thanatology. There's no real way to categorize what a thanatologist does, per se, because the career options range so widely. Only one theme ties them together. Thanatologists are professionals who focus on the study of death and how human beings react to it. There are a few different types of thanatologists. From music to religious counseling, their work spans a wide range of services. Each person may need something different to cope with these challenging emotions. Biological thanatologists often work in forensic sciences as coroners and medical examiners. Psychological thanatologists are therapists and counselors. These trained professionals interact with people who face death or experience the emotions caused by it. Medical ethics focuses on debates about assisted suicide and youth As more of these issues go to state legislature, it becomes increasingly important. Music thanatologists play the harp at the bedside of a dying person whose family is also present. It can provide soothing psychological peace during this time. Archaeologists, even though they don't work directly with present-day people, also work to understand death and its historic impact on human culture. This helps them understand present-day society and make predictions about the future. The duties of a thanatologist are varied because they can use their skills in many different ways and in many different careers. The main focus of the role is to serve as a bridge between the dead and the living. So what is a death doula? The word doula comes from the Greek word meaning woman who serves. The term doula was more commonly used again in roughly the 1960s, where it often defined an individual who assisted in the birthing process. This individual was often a woman, one that not only helped during the birthing process, but also provided support for women before and after the birth as well doing God's work. Recently, the term death doula has been coined to refer to a trained person who provides a dying individual and their family with assistance and resources. A death midwife or a death doula is a person who assists in the dying process, much like a midwife does with the birthing process. It is often a community-based role aiming to help families cope with death through recognizing it as a natural and important part of life. The role can supplement and go beyond hospice. Practitioners perform a large variety of services, including but not limited to creating death plans and providing spiritual, psychological, and social support before and just after death. Their role can also include some more logistical activities, helping with services, planning funerals and memorial services, and guiding mourners in their rights and responsibilities. The terms end-of-life doula, end-of-life guide, 
home funeral guide, and celebrant are also used. The role of a death midwife is to educate and empower families to care for their own dead. Death midwives or doulas provide emotional, spiritual, and physical support at an intensely personal and crucial time. They assist people in finding meaning and planning for how the last days will unfold. Doulas also guide and support loved ones through the last days of life and ease the suffering of grief in its early stages. Death is a situation that no one can completely prepare for. Additionally, many people don't have much experience with people close to them dying. Because of this, when it comes to the time to deal with dying, there are a lot of questions and uncertainty. A doula's support can relieve stress and burdensome tasks from the family in order to provide care for the dying individual, but also gives the individual psychological and emotional support during the process. Although the specific responsibilities of a death doula vary, there are certain parallels through each. The services provided by a death doula can generally be broken down into two categories. Information, providing the family with information about a broad spectrum of -of end-of-life choices, including home funerals and natural burials. Support, building a relationship with the terminally ill person and advocating for their needs and wishes. Providing spiritual and emotional support for the terminally ill person and their family, helping the family in administering the terminally ill person's final wishes. A death doula's work ranges from logistical planning for the time before, during, and after death, conducting rituals or comforting practices, helping the dying person reflect on their life and values, and explaining the bodily functions of dying to caregivers, making sure someone is not facing the death process alone. Death doulas are there to help the family and the patient through the whole process as a neutral third party, though most death midwives are volunteer-based. Unlike hospice workers, doulas don't get involved in medical issues. Rather, they support clients emotionally, physically, spiritually, and practically, stepping in whenever needed. That could be a few days before someone dies, sitting vigil with them in their last hours, giving hand massages, and making snacks. Doulas are an active part of the death positive movement, a social and philosophical movement that encourages people to speak openly about death, dying, and everything in between. Death Positive seeks to eliminate the silence around death-related topics and to decrease anxiety surrounding death. And speaking of the Death Positive movement, I want to give a shout out to Caitlin Doherty. She is amazing. I love her books. She's a great author, but she also has a really great um, YouTube. It's called The Good Death, and her social media handles are The Good Death. Um, But go read her books if you want to learn more about it, and then also check out her YouTube. She is um, a really badass mortuary worker. So yeah, go check her out. Thanks for listening. I know this is a little baby episode, but I'm hitting you with some really long serial killer cases coming up here. Um, so I just wanted to pop out this tiny little baby, the easy one, and then we'll, we'll dive into something a little meatier next time. But yeah, I hope you have a great week. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Just a little baby snack. Full source notes are available at mistressofthemacabrepodcast.com as well as all photos pertaining to each episode. Follow along on Instagram for all the insane and gory photos that accompany each episode at Mistress of the Macabre Podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps the show grow and I will love you forever. 
And please tell a friend, if you even have any. If you have topic ideas, questions, comments, animal facts, or unsettling stories you'd like to share, email me at mistressofthemacabrepodcast at gmail.com. Please support the show by joining Patreon. I'm just one young teenage girl writing, researching, producing, editing, and recording the show. Your support goes a long way. Bye!